Thomas Zidek, I'm back. For more content, check out my website thomaszidek.com. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Today I have a special guest, Patrick Lerbach, self-employed external consultant specializing in the area of agile and agile at scale. And my good friend, Patrick, welcome here. Thanks for having me here. Uh, and yeah, welcome uh, all you out there uh, listening to us. Um, so I'm very happy to be here. And um, yeah, I hope we have a good conversation. And what is our topic today, Patrick? So I thought we might uh, talk about stances as a agile coach or scrum master. So what are different stances that um, one uh, fills in uh, when we work with uh, teams or also management? And what do you expect this would bring to the audience talking about the different stances? Maybe it's it's um, mostly the experience sharing part that might be interesting for um, for listeners. So uh, for me, it was like, yeah, I found out that there are different stances that might be uh, very important. Um, when I'm working as a scrum master or, or agile coach, and um, yeah, in the beginning I mostly worked with, let's say, training style, and uh, doing more the teaching and uh, also uh, giving a lot of advice um, how how teams should should work or act or be in a in an agile environment. Um, and then I found out that also maybe if, if, if teams get more experienced, um, there might be other stances that can be very important for uh, teams and also for, for the different roles like, like uh, Scrum Master and a product owner um, that might um, more fit then to a, a specific stage um, they are in. And... If the audience would understand that there are different stances, what do you think would be the benefit? I think a benefit could be then a balanced view on uh, on using or, or being first aware that there are uh, certain stances. And for me, it was like a self-awareness then. Oh, I have seven stances as a choice and I can... I can um, I can really uh, upfront decide which stance might fit best for certain situations. And I think that could be uh, one benefit um, to be aware that there are different stances and uh, that they are, that they can be used in uh, different um, um, circumstances. And uh, what do you think we should mention today in this conversation so that people are aware of these different stances and they can decide which one might fit for different circumstances. Okay. question was too long for me. Okay, short version. What do you think we need to achieve here today? 
so that it fits the purpose for the people, so they are aware. So, as I said, I, I mean, the awareness part, I think that's, that's, um, that would be very good if we can, uh, <clears throat> if we can make people aware that there are a lot of stances available, not just, for example, the teaching one, that you can also uh, do some mentoring uh, with the Scrum Master, for example, that you also can do um, coaching, um, and then also explain what would be those stances all about. Uh, I think that could also be a good achievement for the the end uh, of this session, and also maybe to, to give uh, one or two examples that might be as experiments uh, might be tried out. Mm -hmm. So giving some experiments and explaining what are those different stances about. So what are all the stances that are on your <laughs> and, mind, Patrick? And here I'm hoping for some co-creation, Thomas. I know <laughs> it's, it's also your topic. <laughs> and you are also a, a good specialist for that. And I think some of the stances we discussed also when we worked together in, in, in the past already. And um, for me, so, so I'm, I'm sharing my experience first and maybe then you can just add in and see uh, where we come, uh, which, which point we, we will go. Um, so first for me, um, the first thing I, I really uh, did a lot was was the teaching stance. So teaching is really when when I um, um, get some requests from from a team uh, that they do not know uh, certain things and they uh, request teaching for topics they, that are new for them. So for example, if you have a very uh, unexperienced Scrum team and then um, I was um, uh, asked to offer a first training so that they would be able to understand uh, basic concepts of uh, Scrum and principles also of uh, and values of, of Agile working. So um, there was a clear request in that case for the stance teaching. Um, and um, what I did then was I delivered a training. So I was purely in the teaching uh, stance. And... Um, and uh and yes, I'm co-creating. I'm co-creating, Patrick. And That's uh, <laughs> and you said training. So uh, for you, what is the difference between teaching and training? Wow. So for me, a, a training or a teaching is is quite similar. So I would say. Um, when I'm doing, when, when I'm acting in the teaching um, uh, stance, then I'm doing a short-term um, um, telling of knowledge I have and share this knowledge. And also I try out, maybe then comes the difference to training. So I, um, I also, not, not, I'm, when I teach, I provide the knowledge. And when I train, then uh, I let also the people um, exercise it um, and uh, provide some room for um, exercises and also for their uh, own uh, thoughts and reflections on, on what they got taught. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting is that you mentioned that you had a clear request from the team. Mm -hmm. So how is, it, how is this important for the teaching stance? Well, 
okay, there, there is two aspects. I mean, uh, if you know what you don't know, you can ask for it. <laughs> some uh, <laughs> some teams don't know what they don't know. <laughs> so for me, for example, it was when I when I encountered coaching as a topic professional coaching. So when I don't know what I'm not knowing, then I can't ask for it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh -huh. it, that's simple. And and then it's so new that I even don't know what uh, what should I ask for because I, I just simply don't know, for example, the power of, of coaching. Um, but if I know that coaching has some power, but I don't know how to use it, what it's really meaning and so on, then I can ask for it. Then I can ask you, well, give me some first insights. What is coaching all about? And then I'm asking um, um, for some teaching, maybe just some sentences. Uh, what is uh, what is this all about? And it it it's very interesting for me because when you say you first to request a training, you have to know what you don't know because you cannot request a training about something that you do not know that you do not know. Um, what to do when the team doesn't know that they don't know so there is no request for the training yeah well then usually when i'm hired as an external they have some kind of request maybe they they tell me oh, uh, things are not going well here um, we struggle with our daily work um, but we don't know really what's the issue or maybe they know Uh, but it has nothing to do with Agile. So then we are in the pre-stage. So I'm not coming and, and will teach about Scrum or Agile. So I'm I'm trying to find out okay what is uh, um, uh, what is going on and why uh, do they probably need someone uh, supporting them. Mm. Well, for me to share my thoughts a little bit. It's often that people say that the team doesn't know that they do not know or that the team is not aware that they have a so-called problem. But someone had to call us in. So there has to be some request. If there was no request, then the external consultant would not be in the company and the internal position would not have been created. So there must have been someone who had an idea that something should be changed or at least that some conversation should happen. And for me, the key is to find this person, to talk to this person. And sometimes that is very difficult because it might be someone from higher levels of management But for me, this is the most uh, reasonable approach because when you think about working with the people that do not know that they do not know and do not have any request for teaching and you go there and you start teaching them, then I'm not even sure if it qualifies for teaching. It might be just yeah. annoying. <laughs> which should not be a stance of a Scrum Master nor the Agile coach. So for me, the request is the key somehow. Mm. Yeah, and I would agree there. Um, and um, especially in this situation, maybe uh, also adding in now, um, 
building on, on what you said, um, if we have a um, team that doesn't know what they don't know, <laughs> um, then you wouldn't just simply teach them anything. So you would, you would probably ask questions. And what would what? that be? What would that be for a stance for you? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, if you would ask questions, you know, I'm a Patrick. You know, I'm a simple person, so I just differentiate between four main things, as you might have heard me in the past talking about them: consulting, training coaching and mentoring. And we already somehow concluded that if there is no request, then you cannot teach, you cannot train anyone because there are no attendees. So if there is an empty room, well, you might try and you might be the first one, but uh, there's probably not going to be much benefit if you do a training in an empty room. So what to do if there is no request? And you said that you would ask questions. And asking questions for me does not necessarily mean coaching. I think it can mean coaching or consulting. And at this point, you would have to probably, as I'm thinking about it, make a decision and it's hard to talk in general. So mm -hmm. I think the best advice is see the context mm. it always depends on the context but for example if there is a team that doesn't have a specific request for training but at least wants to have a conversation with you so there is obvious need or obvious enthusiasm to have a conversation with you then i would say well i would take the coaching stance. So I would ask open-ended questions and I would try to understand what is their hope? What do they want to achieve? If I compare it to the consulting stance, which is in my perspective, a problem-focused approach, usually consisting of defining what is the problem and what is the root cause and proposing a solution, then I think I would go into this stance if there is no other option. So if it's not possible to, as you said, co-create the solution with the team and this context would be, for example, if the management is making these requests and the team is not interested at all. So if you have just the management pulling for the service and the service should be done not with the management, but with the team, more or less, I would, I would even say on the team, then I think your only option is consulting because you can kind of have some conversations with the team members and specify the problem and then describe it to some stakeholders and make them decide. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Sounds very reasonable for me. So I can also give um, my perspective on that. And I think it's, it's, it's not different at all. So I think you really uh, explained very good which difference, differences asking questions would make for a consulting or a coaching stance. And um, yeah, I, I just can give my perspective on it. So I see myself as a sparring partner <laughs> in these kind mm -hmm. of situations. And uh, the definition of sparring is, uh, yeah, it's, it's written usually as it naturally varies with the nature of the skills that is intended to be developed. So I would ask for which skill would you like to develop? So I'm here more with open-ended questions maybe in that context. And when I find out which skills they would like to develop, then probably I can see which stance would fit best. And then I'm at a stage where they probably would know what they don't know. And, uh, and if they say that they do not want to develop any skill, that all, they already have everything <laughs> they need, then what would you do? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a very good question. So if if um, if we come to a point, so it, it was now a very simplistic shortcut. Uh, version uh, of my perspective I <laughs> tried to bring in. So I would ask more than one question. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's for me, that it, it, was, it, was, it was bottom lining. So the bottom line would be, which, which um, can I find out things we would like to, to, um, uh, to develop? So I compare again to the sparring situation. So if you if you are um, uh, if you are in a in a in a sport environment and you would like to um, you, you visit a gym and you ask someone uh, to be your sparring partner. So let's say I'm the external consultant and you uh, hired me and you ask me to do some sparring. So then uh, naturally, when it is uh, in the sports environment, uh, I would join you and I would ask you, yeah, well, what, what would you like to work? with me on so what is it uh, that we should train or what would you like to achieve so these kinds of questions you would you would ask if you if you start a sparring session um, and then naturally you would uh, start exercise and then see how it goes and then see also uh, what is the benefits and and which changes we would need to do in our sparring sessions while we go and just imagine that you ask me, what skill would you like to develop? And I have a particular skill in mind that I would like to develop, making project plans. <laughs> so, well, that would be maybe a bit like, um, I'm comparing now again to the sports uh, metaphor I had. Uh, so you come to the gym and, and tell me, well, I'm here, I would like to, to sing songs. <laughs> so yeah. let me ask back, if you go to a gym and you know I'm, I'm a boxing trainer or a coach for boxing and for uh, martial arts, for example, would you ask me uh, to train, that, that I train you with singing songs? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that sounds like not a best idea. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, when you read Scrum Guide, when you read books about Agile, it usually describes the state of things when everything is working and everyone wants to do Agile. While when you're working as an Agile coach, one of the biggest challenges is that sometimes not everyone wants to do Scrum, for example. So what do you think an Agile coach should do in these situations? Well, I think a bit about the problem, I always try to find out. So if, if I have a situation, uh, for example, that, that uh, parts of the team or there's, uh, there's teams that refuse to, uh, to go in the, uh, to, to investigate or to spend more thoughts towards Scrum and they, they block it to, uh, completely, then of course I will also uh, will need to understand why they are blocking it. Um, and it's also dependent on my agenda. So if I have an agenda as an external coach being hired uh, to, um, to work with teams um, that they know more about Scrum, then I have an agenda. And then um, I would also try to find out uh, what is blocking them and then work on the reasons that I find out. So, for example, um, what I often found out in, in situations like that where was um, that there have been other consultants before, that they have been trained um, uh, in some way they should work uh, with Scrum, and um, then they are being left alone, for example. And uh, in that example, I'm referring to um, when they are being left alone, so they, they fall back in old structures and they mixed the Scrum vocabulary with uh, practices they already knew from the past and they created something new. And then uh, they were some, somewhere between the worlds, I would say, um, and they found out it didn't work for them. So they, uh, they decided that it is probably Scrum that isn't working for them. And for that reason, they blocked in that example. Um, so I needed to find out in this example um, what it was all about. So why why are, are they blocking? And then um, once I found out about this problem, then um, I could start I could start to to ask some questions um, and um, also go into a more future solution designing approach um, to maybe create something new. Maybe it's not called Scrum then in that example because the word Scrum uh, uh, was burned already in that example. <laughs> so we called it something else, um, but we uh, we worked with the agile values and principles and and, and just uh, checked if if uh, those would help them or not. I mean, and that was then co-creation. So we just uh, um, I brought in some some basic knowledge about what the Scrum values and principles would be all about. And they, they checked for themselves if 
those principles could help them to create a working environment uh, that might uh, be uh, a good one for them. And, and you mentioned a couple of times coaching as one of the stances. Mm -hmm. So where do you see the, what is the role of coaching in the agile coaching activity? It is the stance I fell in love the most <laughs> when I was trained, uh, how it really works. Um, but unfortunately, in my, in the most of my engagements, I can't do professional coaching a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'm just saying professional coaching because then there is a difference to agile coaching in wording already. Um, because agile word, uh, coaching for me uh, is, is like the umbrella for all those stances we just talked about. And uh, the professional coaching would be one stance. And um, this stance, um, I couldn't use lot a lot uh, in the agile coaching uh, under the agile coaching umbrella. Um, purely with sometimes when I worked with um, scrum masters or product owners, I came to a point where I offered coaching conversations. But uh, as a coaching conversation or a coaching session needs to be uh, free of agenda from my side, so I don't, I can't be a coach with an agenda in a, in a coaching in a coaching conversation. And usually, when I get hired by companies uh, to consult or to uh, to uh, work with the teams, I have an agenda already for those teams I'm working with. And then uh, I can't be free of this agenda uh, when coaching. But when I do the coaching, then I, I uh, create a room. So I'm, I'm transparent about this. I'm saying, well, I'm here, I'm hired by you. But nevertheless, we can have a coaching conversation um, about this or that uh, topic, if you like. Um, and I'm, I'm just offering it. Um, and sometimes it helped. Um, those uh, so, so not a lot of times uh, the people uh, really used the opportunity to do a coaching conversation with me um, but when they did um, then um, I usually received uh, a good feedback for the approach or the stance I was in there and, and then what do you think is the benefit of this stance well, of course, when you talk about professional coaching, so I don't have an agenda, I followed the agenda of my coachee, and um, I provide some, some room, some room for improvement. So um, usually what I find out when I, when I do the coaching uh, conversation with, uh, with coachees, um, that in the beginning, um, they are tied to their problem a lot. But as a coach, I'm not interested a lot in their problem. I'm not asking questions that are problem-oriented. I'm more uh, interested in the person and, and what the person thinks about it, what makes the person feel, what is, what is the problem to them in the moment, what would they like to be in the future. And uh, by uh, asking this kind of questions, um, also not just about um, a solution, also about the person itself and, and, and how they are 
in this environment they describe at the moment and what is blocking them and uh, what is holding them back and what, what makes them feel how they express they feel. <laughs> Sometimes it just helps to reflect uh, what you can see when they, when they uh, offer some emotions because they can't see themselves usually when they talk to you. Um, um, they uh, begin to create uh, solutions by themselves. And I'm just asking questions and providing maybe intuitions or, or giving, giving my intuitions and, and uh, reflecting, mirroring uh, what kind of emotions I can see. And it's no, it's no surprise that uh, I also love coaching and we exchange on the topic a lot in the past. What I see as a benefit of coaching and you briefly described it by saying that they create solutions by themselves. For me, the biggest benefit of coaching is that people get pulled into the conversation. So there is no predefined package for them that they should consume no standard solution, they get pulled into the creation process and they create tailor-made solutions for their context and their situation. So it's not one size fits all, but it's the specific solution for the specific person, for the specific context. And that's for me, the biggest advantage. Mm. And also, just to mention people are usually willing to follow their solutions and their ideas much easily than something that comes from outside. So whenever you tell someone you should do this and this, usually the reaction of the other person is that, well, please stop annoying me. <laughs> And that can happen when you take the teaching or consulting stance that the people, they just do not welcome your ideas. But by asking open-ended questions and listening attentively to the client, you can find out that uh, maybe even the solution is already in place and we just need to talk about it more to, to build on it. Yeah. And Patrick, you, you said, yeah, please. <laughs> I wanted to shoot a question at, at my co-creating friend, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, please do so it. I think we, I think we, we mentioned now uh, just bottom lining uh, three stances. Um, and we mentioned uh, the teaching, we mentioned the consulting, we mentioned uh, the coaching a lot. What we forgot until now about the mentoring. So well, what is the mentoring all about for you? Well, the, the mentoring... Mentoring definitely is more about telling than asking questions for me. So I use a simple way to distinguish between stances and how much are they about telling and how much they are about asking questions. So usually um, consulting requires some part of asking, but then is somehow expected that you will tell. 
So I think people would be kind of surprised if there would be a consultant just asking questions, what is the problem? Then they would express their thoughts about what the problem is and then the consultant would just not do anything or not say anything <laughs> that might sound like, like a strange consultant. Um, then there was the training, which of course, there might be some questions, but basically training is about telling. So there is already predefined content. You cannot change much the content if you're doing a Scrum training and someone comes in and wants to get a training on time management, for example, it's simply not possible because training has an agenda. So training is also more about telling. Then you have coaching, which is the complete opposite consists of asking questions and telling really in a very, very specific occasions, which I do not want to talk about in this podcast, but we might do that in another episode. And the last one, as you said, mentoring. And mentoring for me needs telling because the idea of mentoring is that you have a mentor and a mentee And the mentor has to be someone who is more experienced or more knowledgeable about a certain topic and shares the experience with the mentee. So for me, the key with mentoring is to select a proper area and get mentored in the area. And usually mentoring happens around a role, but you can say that it's around a topic because the role is always related to a topic. And this is for me one of the main things that you have to focus on when you want to select a mentor is, do you have a clear idea about the topic area you want to get mentored in? Because if you know what you want to get mentored in, then this can be a very fruitful relationship, really relationship that when I have experiences experienced mentoring in the past, I really benefited a lot from it. But what is not a good idea, just to share some negative examples is, and I'll share my experience from the past. So I was uh, having a coaching relationship with a client and the client more or less said that she doesn't know, which is can happen. We do not know everything. Sometimes we have to just think and create something. So she said that she doesn't know. And she asked if I could mentor her, became her mentor. And I said, what is the area that you would like to get mentored in? And she said, same as coaching. And I said, well, to me, we are not restricted right now up to this point. We are not restricted to a certain area. So we talk about life in general. And she said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I said, well, and what is it that you would like to get mentored? in and she said just 
in life, just t- tell me what I should do. And I said, well, then I cannot accept because I just, I'm not an expert in life and I would never have the courage or I would even say the arrogance to tell you what you should do in your life. And that's how it ended, this mentoring request. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting story. Um, uh, how could it possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when I, when I and, and that would be a perfect, um, uh, yeah, um, how do you say, a perfect um, starting point uh, for a coaching conversation because she is expert for her, her life or he, the person you, you uh, talk to. And um, yeah, usually that would be a good starting point for, for a coaching session. <laughs> um, but maybe not for a, for a mentoring session, yeah. And and for the mentoring, um, I, I would also uh, just as as because we just suggested in the beginning also uh, giving some um, some uh, experiments or some some uh, things that might might uh, listeners uh, can can try out themselves. So mentoring is a stance I I really use a lot um, in the agile coaching. Um, under the agile coaching umbrella, um, usually uh, mentoring uh, works works good with um, scrum masters that are um, not or that are less experienced than myself. So then um, the um, parameters we just talked about are set because I'm then obviously more experienced or more expert in that uh, scrum master agile coaching area. Uh, And and therefore um, I can um, mentor the less experienced um, scrum master that is seeking um for a mentorship um yeah and for me also sometimes works good in the product owner environment because i worked a lot uh, in this area as well years ago um so um i personally so whenever you are more expert than the person that should that then would be your mentee you can use this stance um, and as an agile coach Usually it can work for for scrum masters and for product owners. And what are the experiments at the end that you would like to give to the audience? Um, So one experiment could be about the mentoring uh, we just talked about. So um, whenever you are in a position where where you have the feeling while agile coaching or or being the scrum master, that uh, that a uh, mentorship could be helpful because a mentorship would also be a bit more long running um, uh, relationship than uh, probably just uh, some teaching or training um, uh, yeah, session. Um, you could try to offer it um, and uh, work from that stance um, or at least dig into that stance and see uh, if it might benefit you for uh, upcoming uh, situations. Um, that would be one um, experiment find out about the mentoring stance and try to use it. An experiment from my side, because I got inspired by (laughs) your experiment. So you see, it's a co-creation. I I cannot avoid it. We're all in this together. Experiment from my side. The next time someone asks you for advice, 
try to understand uh, what difference would this advice, if it was given, brought to the client. Client meaning the other side. The question might be why to ask such a weird question? Why to not, why just not give the advice? And the thing is, the tricky part with trainings and advices in general is that sometimes I feel it's like, it's like watching Netflix, you know, consuming stuff that a lot of people, they just ask for trainings, ask for advice. They see nice PowerPoints, nice training. They hear something nice and then nothing happens. And we as coaches, and doesn't matter if it's professional coaching or agile coaching, what we should always seek is change, a real change, not just consumption of information, because again, that's like watching Netflix. So by asking what difference should this advice make, you're already creating something which is called contract. And again, we might speak in a different episode. So you're trying to understand what the difference would the advice make in the client's life. Just try to ask these questions and you might observe something miraculous. And my experience with this is that as I love coaching and I like to stay in the coaching stance as strongly as possible, many times people have asked me to give advice and I ask, so what difference would this advice make to you? And they started talking and at the end we had a coaching session and the client didn't even notice that I didn't share any advice. So the client came up with her advice and it made me think a little bit once and I came to a conclusion that when people ask advice, who says that the advice has to come from the outside? So you want advice. Let me ask you a couple of questions so you can give yourself advice. <laughs> That's the coaching stance and how we should think about uh, clients and their own wisdom. Very cool. So now you got two experiments to try out. And one stance, we forgot about to talk. Uh, maybe that's also then a, a follow-up or a next session uh, that can be planned. The facilitation stance, also very important stance uh, for, a, for the Agile coach. Um, so when you're not uh, talking about the content at all, so you are just uh, building a structure or giving a structure and, and guiding through. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, we can go more in depth there, probably in a next time. <laughs> it's a teaser, Patrick. That's a teaser. <laughs> yeah, well, just adding in. <laughs> so that's the extra stance that you take, a salesman. <laughs> Call <Come> us. <laughs> if you want to find out more, the facilitation stance. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas. Thank for you, this Patrick. Opportunity. It was really a pleasure being here. Thank you, Patrick, and see you next time. Thank you. See you next time. Have you enjoyed today's show the same way I did? 
then hit the subscribe.